C-A-M-P-A-D-U-L-T-H-O-O-D Camp Adulthood Bridging the Millennial Divide One conversation at a time Interviewing guests Strangers and friends We hope that you enjoy your stay at Camp Adulthood Welcome to Camp Adulthood and the Resident Youth. I'm Camp Adulthood, Shay Keats. And I'm the Resident Youth, Maddie Yergi. I always feel like I say that in my radio voice, and then my radio voice quickly dissipates. I know, and then um, we start screaming into the microphone. I know. <laughs> Sorry, that was just special for you no. and your editing. <laughs> no, actually, the Skype, like, this is a great beginning to the episode. The Skype actually normalizes the audio, so it actually makes my life a lot easier. Excellent, um, good to know. But anywho. For all you potential podcasters out there for our listeners when you're hearing this we'll be back from our two-week summer vacation so yes everyone is having fun maddie what are you doing during your two-week summer vacation um well this weekend i'm going to the catskills with Corey and uh kelly and avery past guests of the pod love it so and pomo also a past guest of the pod um and we're renting this like huge house and there's like 20 people going and it's on a river and there's hiking and a hot tub that sounds extremely excellent yes um i am going to the olympic peninsula tomorrow through thursday uh also to see a former guest of the pod um amy our lady scientist and her brother just got married and her parents have like rented all these cabins like in the national park so we are going up there to hang out for a couple days. That's very cool. Well, today, as you might have noticed, um, we don't have a guest, but... No guest. There may be a special guest later on. A special preview. fan of the pod. Mm. Preview. Yes. Um, but for now, you're stuck with us to start the new season, shall we say. Um, Shay, do you have any millennial moments um, this week? You know, I was thinking about various millennial moments, but I think, you know, it's funny because I'm trying with the millennial moments. I realized I'd kind of gotten to this habit of just like being like, this is something that happened in my day. Um, so I'm trying to get back to the actual, you know, point of millennial moments, which is to yes. talk about something that is quintessentially millennial for any new listeners coming back with us after summer vacation. Um so I guess this for me is very like quintessentially ancient millennial and how I am not a digital native and I do not really always get the, um, you know, social medias. So I was out for a walk today with Benson and right now for my work, for my business, I'm trying to like post regularly. I think I talked about this on our last friendship podcast and you know, it's going pretty well, whatever. So one thing I really hate doing is like Insta story videos, but people seem to like really respond well to them. So I was like, okay, I should do this. And I always see other people and they're so cute. And they're like walking down the street and they're like talking about their day or whatever. So I tried to do this whilst I was walking Benson and I said like three words and I was like, nope, nope, can't do it. I just felt really <laughs> dumb and looked really dumb. And Benson was looking at me like, you're a crazy person. And I went out for my walk at like 
five o'clock and everybody was coming home from work. Like I've never met so many neighbors who wanted to like stop and talk to me and be like, oh, your dog's so cute. So um, as an ancient millennial, I am not comfortable talking directly to the Instagram. Yeah, it's weird. I've never really mastered it. The Instagram stories in general. So I'm there with you. Yeah. And I just can't, you know, I think people respond well to it, but then I'm like, maybe people think it's dumb. I'm like, I don't know. Cause I always feel like I'm of a split mind whenever I see people like giving those little, like almost like confessional booths of their own life. Like sometimes I really am interested and other times I'm like, you are boring. I do not care that you're like on your way to yoga. Well, that's the beauty of the internet is if it's boring, people don't engage with it. So if you're getting feedback from people, whether it's positive or negative, they're engaging with it. So at least, you know, it's not boring. You know what well, I mean? True. I mean, I feel like I get good response when I do like stories that are not me talking. Last time I did a story that was me talking, the only person that watched was my little cousin Jackson's girlfriend, Rachel. Shout out, Rachel. You're amazing. <laughs> and she watched my whole like five minutes of Insta stories. And I was like, that's a, a true, yeah. true friend right there. I will say the longer like if I like swipe on someone's story and it's like more than like six little segments. Yeah, I, I just agree. like I'm go just right like, past <sighs> it. Yeah, and a lot of times I'm looking at Instagram at work on my phone and so I don't always have the audio on and so uh-huh. and like if you don't go back to the page like your Instagram will already have looked like you've looked at it like if you're just mm-hmm. watching it without the audio and so yeah sometimes that if it's like pictures or stuff that's just like a video of like a vista yeah. sometimes is more accessible but you know I also know a lot of people that like specifically don't watch their like instagram and snap stories until they like get home and can play them with the audio it's like a lot of planning i think that i don't do but i understand and i just like if i see something they're talking and i really want to see it i just like go back and listen to it later yeah exactly you know so but well that's excellent how about you madeline Um, what is your millennial moment a collection of things so we were like talking about this a little bit while we were setting up but i just went to this really great book event um if you're in the new york city area girls night in look it up it's like a book club group thing um for women in new york and they brought in tara westover who wrote the memoir educated which is really great i won't bore you with all the details but it's really awesome it's a fast read um and it was just like this very intimate like gathering we're all strangers i went with jen former guest of the pod again so many guests um and one of her co-workers who writes the books newsletter at buzzfeed which buzzfeed has a lot of newsletters i didn't know until today but i signed up for a lot of them and it was just really nice like to talk to you know it was mostly millennial women they all looked young so i assume that they're millennials and that was really nice. And I talked to this woman who belongs to the wing. Are you familiar with what this is? Shay? No, but I, I want to know about yes, this. It seems like something that you would very much enjoy. It's very expensive. I have since oh. found out. And I've done some I'm reading on poor. it. Um, I think it's like, don't quote me on this, but I think it's like $2,500 like a year or something, which is, mm. you know, if you parse it out over a year, it's not as much. But it's basically, um, they have them like all over the world. And it's a women only like co-working space and some of them also have like hotels and stuff or like coffee shops and restaurants um a lot of them have like fitness classes and you pay and you get access to Mm -hmm. all of it and they also have a lot of like the woman was talking about they have a lot of book events similar to the one that we were at tonight and oh that's fun um 
if you're like a solo entrepreneur, you can like go there. They have like desks and stuff. So it's really interesting. And this woman said that she works in finance and so she doesn't have a lot of girlfriends. And she was like, I told myself when I signed up, if I met one really nice girlfriend from doing this, then it would be worth the money. And she was like, I've met like so many people and it's totally worth it. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then I also signed up today for the girl boss rally, which is yes, Maddie, I love excited. what you're doing with your life. Yes. Which the girl boss rally is Sophia Amoruso, which we've, we talked a while ago about her show on Netflix that was canceled. Um, so sad. And I know she's kind of like a polarizing figure. I've like figured out because people think that she's like, whiny and annoying and she's friends with Gwyneth Paltrow which people have a lot of opinions about her um but I really like her I really like the girl boss radio podcast I really enjoyed her book her Netflix show was like fine I don't really have any opinions on it like I didn't think it was horrible but it wasn't my favorite thing I've ever watched but I just think she does these really interesting things I really like the girl boss website I did like a very deep internet dive on it last week when I was researching the girl boss rally which for people who don't know what it is it's like a two-day long networking event with panels and workshops and stuff for women they have them in new york and la periodically and sophia's always there she does like the keynotes and they have like really cool like high profile speakers but they also what i like about them because i feel like a lot of like millennial like women specific um like empowerment type of stuff or like media that's geared towards millennials it's very like clearly a gen x or like a baby boomer person being like this is what the children are into or it's just very like high level like how you get a job update Mm -hmm. your linkedin like who like really like basic stupid shit and i was on the girl boss website and it was like all the articles were like very like specific but good like one of them was like this is six ways to save $250, like very specific, but very doable. Instead of just writing an article being like ways to save money. It was like, Mm -hmm. this is how to save this very specific amount of money, different ways, depending on where you're coming from. Like they have a lot of, that's just one example, but I just find it. And I was looking at the schedule for this girl boss rally. And, you know, again, like sometimes you go to panels and it's like, Oh, there's an interesting speaker. Like Ariana Huffington's going to be there. And it's like, sometimes Mm -hmm. it's just, like a, a survey of someone's life or asking them like what does leadership mean to you like dumb but I was looking at some of these things were like this is the software that you need to start your business this is like financial tools for personal finance like mm-hmm. these are the specific que- like it was just very specific and so that made me feel like it was worth the money and I've read reviews of the past girl boss rallies and they were like this is the only conference i went to where like i actually took notes and oh cool took away things that weren't just general like be yourself mm-hmm. yeah you know so yeah. anyways i just feel like all of these things are very like it was just interesting like women networking experience mm-hmm. yeah things. it's interesting um because i didn't even realize this was like a conversation but i'm doing i mean all of this um work that I'm doing for my very special client that I'm coming to see next month in New York, um, but a lot of research on networking. And there's been a lot of debate about whether like women, and I hadn't, I didn't really dig into this because it's not something that interests me because I find it irrelevant, but like not the subject relevant, but the fact that people like have issue with it, but the idea of like women's only networking groups and women's only events like being in 
like that they're actually not helpful to women or whatever. Um, like I said, I didn't dig into it because I feel like you have to build community where you're comfortable building community. And if that's in an all female group, then I say like rock out. Um, yeah, I definitely so, think yeah. it's helpful. Like the woman who was talking about the wing was like very specifically saying like, because it's all female and because she's around men all day at her job, like that's what she was mm-hmm. looking for. Um, but I know like the women's networking group at my office and also the wing has mm-hmm. had, cause I think they're based in California. They have some, um, like, locations there. But Mm -hmm. there's, like, men's groups that specifically go to, like, women's groups and sue for gender discrimination. Yeah, this is happening with um, Ladies Get Paid, if you guys are with them. You guys, you, Maddie, and everyone that's Yeah, there's a lot of, like, um, different, like, women's meetup groups and stuff. It's really interesting. But the wing, I again, don't quote me on this, but the article that I read, they either currently accept men or they're considering accepting men. But again, I'm like, it just annoys me because I'm like the people that are suing, it's like they're doing it just to be, just to prove a point, not because they actually want to join the group. And I'm like, again, it's like, yeah, maybe a specific type of man would want to join the wing, but it's like, why would, why would you want to join? Like, you know what I mean? Like there's enough space for you. I don't know. No, I totally agree with that. Like, there's enough, like, single, like, there's enough co-working and, like, networking groups that are both genders, and -hmm. then there's enough that are single gender that it's, like, why, why can't they be different? Why do they all have to be the same? So Well, it's probably because, A, men know that, like, women get shit done, and it's probably going to be better events. So there's, first of all, there's that, and second of all, I think they, you know, it's the idea of being excluded is hard for dudes. Right. So, and I get it. Know. They're trying to make a point about like feminism being exclusionary, like yada, yada, but the girl boss rally, like obviously the branding is very like girl, like woo. And like, yeah, the decorations, like if you've seen like Sophie Amers, yeah. book is pink and like the website is like very like girly colors and stuff, mm-hmm. but it, it never says, which I think it's probably intentional. Cause she, I'm sure has PR people up the wazoo, but like, on the event page it never says Mm -hmm. anything about like female exclusive networking or like women's only conference or anything it's just like this is the conference all the people that happen to be speaking are women the colors are pink so it's like it's not it's not outwardly exclusionary but it's also like if you just came across the web page you're gonna definitely know it's for women (laughs) you know what i mean yeah well, and I think the problem is, like, here's the thing. Is I think the men trying to, like, infiltrate these groups are doing it clearly for the wrong and misogynistic reasons. But I think where it does come pro- become problematic is when you have people who are not clearly identifying with either gender. And if they come across, I think, you know, an event like Girl Boss that may appeal to them or, you know, the wing or whatever, they should have the right to join even if they are right, technically exactly. male or whatever. So, so I think that's why it's smart to kind of keep it ambiguous and open, yeah. which I think Girl Boss does. Like, yeah. obviously, it has very gendered language in the name, but it is very, like, anyone can join. It doesn't ask you, like, when you sign up, like, what's your gender? What are you interested in? You know, so mm-hmm. anyways, yeah. that's Love my it. millennial moment. Do you have a campfire topic for us, Shay? I do have a campfire topic. Um, I feel like lately a lot of my campfire topics have revolved around internet mobs, and this one is <laughs> somewhat no different, but also um, 
it's interesting to me because it it comes back to one of my core beliefs that creatives should get paid for the work that they do and people who think that they shouldn't are crap. So I, everyone knows uh, Humans of New York, right? It's very lovely. Um, It's a great thing. If you don't know Humans of New York, you've clearly been living under a rock. Um, But Humans of New York, this gentleman, Brandon Stanton, he is a photographer and he started, gosh, it was probably like 10 years ago now, maybe not quite that long. Um, It's been a while. Yeah, like walking around New York and he would just go up to people and be like, hey, can I take your picture for my, I think originally it was a Facebook or a Twitter because it was pre-Instagram. And he would like do that and he'd have like a short caption and it was just a really interesting photo um, experiment. And then it kind of took off and he had a coffee table book and then he had another book come out where he told like kind of longer stories about the people he photographed. He's gone all over the world and done these projects. Um, and he's raised, as I'm learning now, uh, close to $12 million for charitable causes around the world. Wow. Um, so he's kind of a cool dude. He's doing good work. Um, and a couple days ago, I don't know, a week ago maybe, he had posted on his Insta- Instagram that he was starting a Patreon account. And uh, again, for those of you who don't know, which you should all be supporting us on Patreon, so you should all know what it is. Um, Patreon is a website where different creatives put up different projects. Uh, it's kind of like Kickstarter, but it's on more of kind of a rolling basis. So, you know, you pledge X number of dollars a month and you get kind of ongoing exclusive content. Um, So he said, hey, I'm, you know, I'm creating a Patreon because, you know, doing what I do is expensive and, you know, I want to, you know, he just kind of said, I want to be able to provide extra content for people who want it. But, you know, I do think I should get paid for that content. And there were a lot of people and granted now his opening to to get unlock all of the, um, you know, all of the content. It's one dollar, mind you. So you'd be paid $12 a year for this. Um, I mean, and you can give more, but I don't think you get anything extra. (laughs) Um, but you know, so you get all the content for a dollar and people were just really nasty to him on his Instagram. Like you're so greedy and how would you dare you ask for this and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, it just really upset me. Like for him, clearly I don't know this guy, but I'm like, here's a guy who's like raising money, doing good work this really important photography work because I think, you know, we have less people kind of recording, even though we have so much TV and et cetera, like people who are really getting out there and recording the day-to-day lives of people. I think he does a really amazing job and I'm kind of talking in circles. So I apologize for that listeners. Um, So he's doing doing all this great work and, you know, he is an artist and he, I can tell you people, he didn't get a ton of money for those book deals. You don't no one no one who is a writer or particularly doing an art book like that is getting. I'm sure he got a nice, you know, advance and I'm sure he makes decent money off of his royalties, yeah. but he's not you rich don't, by any means. He is not a rich dude. And the fact that people are you know, we're so and this is also kind of, you know, a millennial moment like we're all so used to just being able to absorb all of this free content, we forget that like people are creating this content and it's hard work to create this content and writers and photographers and artists and creatives who are basically holding up this entire world that you get to experience through the internet, most of them are not getting paid. So you know what, when you can pay for content, pay for content. It's really important. Um, And I've had to step away from projects as, you know, an editor 
<laughs> and a writer because either as an editor, I thought that, you know, the organization wasn't paying enough or as a writer, I wasn't being paid enough. Um, and that's how like I took my stand in the end. So anyway, it's just something that I think is really important and everyone should think about that next time they consume free content on the internet. Yeah, I agree. My general feeling on that is that people are really stupid and I continue to think that. Um, and <laughs> it's also just like, this is, I don't know how to how to say this without it making it seem like this Brandon guy is a bad guy and I don't mean it this way but I feel like the type whenever you have like a I feel like Humans of New York is a very like wide reaching thing like it's very popular mm -hmm. and with that you're going to end up getting like really great people and very bad people whereas if it's yeah. it's almost you know akin to the my favorite murder thing it's like that podcast is so popular that you're going to get a whole slew of people it's not very mm -hmm. niche um because i've i was listening to something else recently another um author and he was saying that he he was like talking about the joys of like patreon and he was like yeah i didn't even ask like people were going to him being like you're putting out all this stuff for free where can we mm -hmm. support you and that's how he started his patreon was like people being so overly generous Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know if it's like the chicken or the egg. I don't know if it's because these people who are nice were attracted to this guy and then they wanted to like give back in that way. And it's this like nice symbiotic relationship or if it's just mm -hmm. randomly that like, you know, this Brandon guy has a bunch of shitheads on his Instagram. Like, I don't know what it is, um, but I do think it's unfortunate. I also think I think it's great to talk about the fact that you've given up projects that, you know might have given you exposure probably not that's like i it makes me so irritated and i'm sure it, mm -hmm. it does to you as well when people are like oh well this is for the experience and the exposure and it's like bullshit no that's what i love no. most about um roxanne gay which we've talked a lot about her on this podcast but her we are total fan girls. we are but one of the best things i love yeah. about her is her twitter and her yeah. instagram she publishes like both just shitty things that people say about her because she is like a lot heavier and you know a woman of color people just send her like the nastiest shit and she's very mm -hmm. like public like she publicizes her email like anyone can email her and but she also publishes like the bullshit things people will be like hey can you write this article for 50 dollars?" and she's like i've literally written five books and i'm a university yeah. professor like no i'm not writing for your shitty blog for 50 dollars." like this is insulting yeah. that you would even ask me and it's like yeah. she obviously has kind of like a biting way about her that's humorous mm -hmm. but like I think it's smart and it, if you're in a position where you can say no it, it only helps the people at the bottom to be like yeah. oh well if Roxane Gay thinks that this is beneath her yeah. then like we shouldn't be doing it and people at her level should not be saying yes to the $50 because that only deflates the wages for the people below them mm -hmm. so I think it's good to talk about it I think that's the best thing that's kind of I think seeing my friends in creative industries like talking about how much they're getting paid talking about you know how shitty freelancing is and yeah things like that um so i think it's all it's all good but i'm like honestly that's what the mute button on instagram is for like block those people yeah but I it's just mute. it's just i don't know i get it i think yeah, some I mean, people I thought about it. 
you know, I brought it up less because people were commenting on it and more just to talk about, like you said, the fact that we think we can, you know, people think they can consume content and it doesn't, you know, people have to get paid. Right. And also, if you think about it, not to get into a deep philosophical discussion, but if you're not paying for content, guess what the product is? It's you. You. You're selling yourself. So everyone that's like, oh, well, my data, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, well, the fact that you can listen to podcasts for free on iTunes is because iTunes and Apple is like tracking everything you do. Yeah. So like, yeah, that's the price you pay. If you're okay with that, I'm okay with it just because, you Mm -hmm. know, whatever, I'm going to die one day anyways, and it's all not going to matter in the end. But like, you know, if you really care, I feel like the people that are like Facebook and Apple are shitty and we shouldn't give them so much of our data but then on the same hand you're watching all this stuff for free on facebook and you're looking at humans of new york and you're listening to podcasts it's like they're tracking that shit like they're Mm -hmm. doing stuff with it that's way over your head (laughs) it's over my head like yeah you know so don't act like it's free because it's not so that's why i'm like give the dollar and get the content from the patreon like we don't have any like extra episodes or anything but a lot of content on patreon is like behind a paywall so you can like listen to more episodes but those episodes are hosted not on oftentimes i I found they're not hosted on itunes because itunes you Mm -hmm. can only do free stuff so it's like you're going to like someone's own website where they control what data they're collecting from you it's a little bit Mm -hmm. you know safer for your dollars well yeah and i think also again and this is not to really take this down a rabbit hole but also by paying for content the content becomes more precious and more respected because the other flip side of the free content is these artists and writers and photographers, et cetera, are constantly getting their work stolen. And, um, you know, because I worked in the design industry, I follow a ton of artists and designers on, you know, Instagram and social media. And they're always like, okay, so today I had to send three cease and desist letters because people just steal my work. Right. And put it out as their own. And again, I think if when you're paying for content, then it even if it's a small amount, it gives a little more, you know, weight to what people are doing. Yeah, I agree. So. Yeah, that's good. Awesome. Maddie, your um, campfire topic. Mine is not as in-depth as yours, but I um, – hold, please, while I pull up my notes. Um, so I was reading Bustle. And they had this article and it was called Marriage and Motherhood. And it's it it was a nice article. It didn't really have like a thesis, which I kind of liked because I feel like a lot of, you know, articles in general, but definitely content about millennials has Mm -hmm. like a specific bend or like an opinion to it. And this one was basically they just like interviewed people about like when was the moment that they felt most like an adult and it was really interesting, like, some of the people's answers. Um, and they were talking about it's kind of a circular logic type of thing because everyone talks about how, and we talk about it all the time, too, like, millennials have all, there's no set sort of delineations of, like, get married, buy a house, have a kid, like, you know, kind of those quintessential things. Um, but because of that, you know, people might feel a little bit lost that they don't really have things to like benchmark to and not everyone is like strong enough or good at planning their own life to be able Mm -hmm. to think about these things for themselves and I think you know people that are high functioning for lack of a better phrase take it for granted that not everyone has 
the luxury and the time to like think about, okay, well, if there's not a prescribed plan for me, what am I going to do with my life? Yeah. And, you know, what to do when you are doing all the things that you think feel like an adult, but then you feel kind of lost. Um, mm-hmm. So I just thought that was really interesting. They didn't really talk about it on like a specific time scale, but some people talked about like getting their first job buying a house a lot of people talked about paying off debt which i thought was really interesting because that's not Mm -hmm. something that i've ever really dealt with um but -hmm. i think definitely being able to pay for stuff on your own is really interesting but i wanted to ask you shay if there's a moment or a series of moments or stuff that you've done that you thought that kind of put you over the threshold from being a kid to being an adult um I mean, I I think, I think this is a really complicated question because for me, I, I think the hallmark for me of being an adult has been, you know, basically the whole theme of this podcast of really kind of living amidst a bunch of trash fires and understanding that like, I don't have any control and sorry this is like going to a dark place I didn't intend that. <laughs> yeah, you know well, it's but okay that, if it's like that, a serious like, it doesn't have to be one yeah, like defining but, you know thing but that I don't really know what the fuck is going on ever but like I am able to handle that and I think that for me has been the hallmark of adulthood because like when I felt the most adult and like I had all the answers and I knew what was going on I was 12 I yeah. distinctly remember being 12 and being like I got this shit like yeah, I'm really good at life. I'm good at school. And I mean, granted, I mean, my parents were super awesome and super involved in my life. But they also, you know, I had to like handle my own schedule and my own. Yeah, you were like an independent from, like, kid. A very young age. I was a super independent kid. And I just remember being in like seventh grade and being like, yep, I got this down. Yeah. I'm grown up now. Um, and That's I think I felt like that probably through my. I don't know, probably through college. And then it just was like, oh, no, you know nothing. You know nothing. So. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. But, it seems know. like yours is more like it It wasn't so much a moment, but just like a self-reflection and sort of like an acceptance of life that happened over time. Well, and I think that realizing that like, you know, life is complicated and wide and many things are going to happen to you and you're not always going to have the answers and that you have to take time. I mean, that is all a sign of maturity. So, you know, it's kind of a joke for me when I say like, it's not knowing what, knowing nothing, but like, I think that acceptance shows the maturity that, you know, you didn't have as a kid or a teenager or even a young adult. Yeah. I think that's interesting. Mine, I was going to say mine's a lot less philosophical than that, but I think, (laughs) um, I've also had a lot less life experience than you have, but I, I think it was when I decided to leave my job because my old job, it was like, I interned there in college and I was still like very dependent on my parents. My parents like paid my rent while I was in school. They paid for my school before that. Mm-hmm. I lived with them obviously cause I was a child. So like all of that, like very much was like, okay, you go to school and like, everything's kind of paid for and like obviously there's big decisions and you know it's not like my parents made all my choices for me and what I was doing but and I was 
kind of a self-starter like you, I think, when I was a kid. But the it was like up until that point, like I was in my first job and it was kind of like I made the decision to take that job like with my parents. And it was all just very like I started working there when I was a sophomore in college. So I was still like very much a child. And then like I left that job, I interviewed without like any help from my parents really I mean they were there to like give me advice and stuff but like Mm -hmm. I didn't really have anyone like look at my resume like it was all just very like I decided I wanted to do it I did all the steps I got myself there and I didn't really like need to ask permission to like do anything um and it was nice obviously like everyone in my family and stuff was very supportive but it was like I just kind of came to the decision that I was like I'm just gonna do what I want to do And that's very adult. And obviously, like, I pay my own bills and I, like, support myself. So that, to me, was, even though, like, my parents support me in a lot of ways, like, they helped me with my apartment and all that kind of stuff. So, like, I'm still very much, like, I just got a letter from the IRS. That should have been my millennial moment. Good grief. I'm getting audited. It's really great. Oh, Um, really? Oh, my God, Maddie. I was, like, with all my money, all, like, really, they should be focusing on other things. Um, yeah, because really, I'm not a not a big spender. But uh, yeah. <laughs> like I, I called my parents because it was from 2016. So it was like a tax return that happened when I was in college. And I yeah. was using my dad's CPA. So it was like very, you know, um, like I, I still I, I feel like I'm kind of in the theme of this podcast, like I'm still very much in between like being an adult and being a kid. Mm-hmm. But definitely. Like if my parents were like, we're never helping you again, like, obviously it would be very emotionally distressing, but I think, yeah. um, from a practical, like financial standpoint, I could do it. And I feel comfortable, like making those decisions that aren't just like, okay, you graduate from co- from high school and now you go to college. Like it's all very set yeah. for you, you know? Mm-hmm. So anyways, I like that. That makes sense. Very interesting. All right. Shall we go to our practice hut? Let's go to the practice hut. Um, special guest, would you like to join for the practice hut? Has he just been sitting there the whole time? Yeah. That was his oh. choice. Hold on. He, we have a bean bag, and he was cuddling Benson. Hold on. Let me take this oh, out. Man. Special guest, David, consort of the pod. Um, so as you guys know, in the practice hut, we are a practice hut, not tent. No, it's a hut. Okay, it's a hut. So Maddie and I, in order to make all of our readers fall more, or our listeners fall more in love with us, we're going through the 36 questions that lead to love, um, and because we like to talk about ourselves. Um, so last time on our friendship podcast, we did this question, and and David would like to make a comment on it. Uh, would you like to read the question, David? Sure. So it says, if you were able to live to the age of 90 and retain either the mind or body of a 30 year old for the last 60 years of your life, which would you want? And I think you guys copped out a little bit because I think the intention here is, do you want to have a decrepit body or do you want to have a decrepit mind? Uh, In which case for me, I told Shay that I would choose the ripped grandpa because I don't mind if I forget my name every five minutes because I'll be out doing adventures instead of being bedridden. So basically David was saying that when we said we would take the sharp mind and be like active 90 year old, <laughs> if that was a cop out. Yeah, I, I get, I get that. I think my answer is still the same. 
Like when when you said David was coming on, I thought it was like, like I I, un- I understood the question. I think our reasoning was a cop out for sure because we were talking about like if you do yoga and stuff, you could still maintain a good body, which is kind of a tangential to the question. Yes, which yeah. I agree with that, David. But I, I think you got to pick something to be decrepit. I, I think mean, that's the question. Shay and I are intellectuals. Yes. So just FYI, when I'm old, I'm going to be decrepit. You guys should try that as an experiment. What? David should just get really buff, but like have a head injury and you should like read a lot of books, but like get really fat and see what happens. That sounds awful, actually. (laughs) I think it's great. That's the only way we'll know for sure. I just whacked the table. Um, well, let's hope that doesn't happen, but that certainly would be quite the experiment. Yeah. But the so. thing is, this is going to get really existential, but it's like, if you, if we go off what David said and we say, okay, you're forgetting your name, you have dementia, but you're going on all sorts of adventures, would it really mean anything in the end if you couldn't remember it and you didn't know what was going on? I mean, in the moment, though. You'd be living in the moment always. But then why don't people who have short-term memory problems, why aren't they, like, the happiest people on Earth? I don't know. That Dory from Finding Nemo was That's very true. Happy. That's a good point. That's so, a good point. If we are basing, like, true millennials, our life plans off of Disney movies, then I think we actually have a good... That is a good point. You know, a good thing oh going. So. Have you guys asked each other the modern love questions, all of them? No. Oh, well, then how do you know if you really love each other? This could all just be a sham. It, it could be. I don't know. <laughs> well, maybe, Maddie, once we go through all of them, then we could do an experiment, and you and Corey can do them, and David yeah. and I can do them, and then we can come back and talk about it. Oh I God. think when you read through this whole, like, the whole process of this, though, there's also this part where you have to sit in complete silence and stare into your lover's eyes. Oh, for, my God. Like, it's like baby minutes. mama. Definitely no blinking either. Yeah, no blinking. <laughs> Have you guys seen the movie Baby Mama? No. What? It does not sound like the type of movie I'd watch. <laughs> no, it sounds like exactly the type of movie you need in your life. It's a Amy Poehler and um, Tina Fey movie. It's really funny, and Steve Martin is in it. And the premise oh. of the movie is that... Tina Fey is this like career woman and she decides that she wants to have a baby on her own and she hires this like white trash woman Amy Poehler to like surrogate her baby for her and anyways she the Tina Fey character works for the Steve Martin character and he's like this weird hippie guy and he's like really into like eye contact so instead of rewarding people with money he just rewards them with like uninterrupted eye contact and it's really weird <laughs> I'm sorry, having Steve Martin stare at you must be, like, one of the top ten scariest things that yeah. could happen. And they, like, do so- a really prolonged scene of him doing it, and he also has, like, really long, like, hippie hair in it. It's very strange. So, before you guys do that, you should watch that scene from that movie. Okay, okay. But, like, I'd be a little nervous. Like, what if I went through all of this, and then I was, like... Well, that's what sorry, I'm saying. What if you do it, and it's, like, my answers are compatible with David, and your answers are compatible with Corey? Oh, well, I think that's And then we called... have to do a wife swap. <laughs> I was like, isn't that what swingers are? Oh, God. Gross. You guys are like my parents. I don't want to think about that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, I don't think we... This I is don't my think... goal of embarrassing Shay. 
<laughs> but here's the thing is you, you're not going to know what my aunt, well, I guess. I thought you said the experiment was that we were going to compare. Yeah, but, oh yeah. So that means like if you and Corey feel really good about it. Oh. Because like, I don't know how we would know if the answers were. I'm sure not. I feel like Corey and I are very like opposite when it comes to that kind of stuff. Yeah. See, this could be dangerous. That makes me nervous. Yeah, it's fine. The organic. Yeah. All right. Should we jump in? Yeah, we should. David, are you going to stay for the questions? You should stay. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be quiet, but I'll, I'll <laughs> in case I'll be sure to make uh, any kind of claims <laughs> right away if you're not answering it correctly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, you have to answer the questions too. Yeah, yourself. you have to answer too. Oh, I do too. Mm-hmm. Sure. Why okay. not? Number seven. Did I don't think we did number seven. Do you have a secret hunch about how you will die? Oh, yeah, we did do this one. Already he's correcting us. (laughs) Um, Okay, so we're on number eight then. What is number eight? I don't know. (laughs) Name three things you and your partner appear to have in common. So are we talking about you and me then, Maddie? (laughs) Yeah. It would have to be, right? Okay, not you and Corey. And then David has to answer about you. Oh, great. This gets better. Okay. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Um, You can go first if you have an answer prepared in your mind. No. We have to say three things we have in common. Um, yes. We both like Fixer Upper. Yes, true. Um, I think we're like very similar people yeah. in general. So it like makes this kind of hard to answer. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of like things that we like. Yeah. You know, like foods and stuff. Yes. Wines. Yes. Wines. Um, but I think just to be like deeper than that. Oh. I mean, I feel like we're impervious to bullying. We're impervious to bullying. Um, we both like hanging out with our families. Yes. Um, and we're both we, so cute. We're both so cute. I mean, the list of things Maddie and I have in common is so long. It's just really hard. I know. So, okay. David. So, I would say uh, we're both pretty active people in general. We like going on hikes and that kind of stuff. And she does her stationary bike thing, which I don't get. But I like (laughs) Did you buy a Peloton? No, not yet. I want to, but I'm too poor right now. Um, One day. And then we have uh, very similar food tastes. Mm -hmm. A lot of similar food tastes. And then uh, I think in general, we both kind of just like exploring. Yeah, oh, that's good. See, you're much better that's at nice. this than I am. <laughs> Maddie and I are like, we both have blonde hair and we're cute. And then David says really nice things about me. Okay. All right. I like that a lot. Next question. Okay. Now they're starting to get like a little more deep. That's good. I like it. For what in your life do you feel most grateful? <sighs> I don't know. See, all of these are, like, so squishy. They're, like, family and friendship. It's like, of course, that's everyone's answer. Right? Yeah. But I think that's why you have to be, like... Like, I guess you could be more specific and be, like... You know. Yeah. Like, If you have kids, you could say your kids or something. I don't have that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I was gonna say Benson's pretty nice. Um, well, I think, okay, so my business coach that I work with makes me do a lot of gratitude exercises, and sometimes it's kind of annoying. Yeah, I'm pretty bad at that, I think. Yeah, 
But I think, like, I think I am most great. Well, okay, I actually have a very concrete answer to this one. That's good. But it also, I, I, I mean, it's something. I am very grateful that my parents worked really hard so that I went to college and grad school twice and I have no debt. That's nice. See, my, my parents are going to listen yeah. to this and they're going to wish I said something like that about them. <laughs> <laughs> and that I didn't. So, sorry, Mom. All right, David. Yes, Wait. I mean... Oh, did... Did Maddie go? You just kind of... No, I did. I said, I said family and okay. my friends. That counts as a thing. Yeah. The people yeah, I mean, around I... me, my health, you know, those are all good. Yeah. Mine, mine's equally as, as bland, but, you know, I am very <laughs> grateful for my two kids. They're they're quite amazing little ones, so. They're pretty cute. We'll keep them. Little nugs. They're um, very nugs. All right. Another question. Okay. I'm feeling um, fired up. If you could change. Okay. First of all, if we do three more, we will finish the first set. Okay. Let's should... do it. We're on a roll. All right. If you could change anything about the way you were raised, what would it be? Hmm. I don't know. I had, like, a really good childhood, I think. I really don't have any regrets. Um, I will say, I I mean, this is going to sound so, like, white girl privilege, but I grew up in the suburbs and it was kind of boring. <laughs> so I would change that, maybe. Because um, my parents aren't boring. Like, we did a lot of cool stuff, and we definitely, like, took advantage of it. But I just feel like suburbs are the death of, like, everything. <laughs> and they're very wasteful for the environment. And I feel like they make people a little lazy and boring. I could go on. But I would say, if if I could change anything and be selfish about it, I would say either growing up in, like, a more rural, like, outdoorsy area or in a city. Um, I would not change anything. Wow. Perfect. hundred percent. You didn't even get, you didn't even have a bad like birthday gift one year or something. I mean, you didn't have a bad haircut. Nothing. You've just been perfect Shay the whole time. I mean, I'm calling a slight cap out here. Obviously, (laughs) you know, everybody is kind of, they're the person they are because of how they were raised. Right. So if you change any one of those little things, then maybe you're a completely different person. But I, I don't think that. I think this is the time to say, you know, that sixth birthday when I didn't get my Barbie house is... I mean, I'm still really mad about when my mom made me cut my hair in fourth grade. Yeah, there yeah. you go. See? This is good. Yeah. I've told... Su- or, I'm sorry. I've told small David Juniorina. <laughs> Female <laughs> David, David Child. Many times that if she doesn't brush her hair, this is what happens. And she is like done with me telling that story. As I've also told small Kelsey, guest of the pod, many times what happens if you don't brush your hair. She also doesn't care. But apparently I'm clearly scarred by this event because I keep telling all the small children with long hair that I know about what happens, what your mom will do to you if you don't cut your hair. Oh my God. Or brush your hair. Traumatizing. Traumatizing. All right. So you changed something. Yeah. I would have had beautiful long mermaid hair my entire life. Oh. Well, next question. Um, Wait. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, Oh, God. Take four minutes and tell your partner your life story. Okay. You can skip that. You guys can do that on your own time. I don't need to hear this. (laughs) I don't want to hear your life story either. No. All right. We've already interviewed Shay. Instead of doing that, you can just listen to all the episodes of this podcast for mine and Shay's life story. And you can listen to David's episode of the podcast for his life story. 
Exactly. And then you guys can have your deep conversation later. <laughs> okay. I think that sounds great. Um, number 12. If you could wake up tomorrow having gained any one quality or ability, what would it be? I have a question for this question. Is this like I wake up tomorrow and I have the ability to play the concert piano? Or is this like I wake up tomorrow and I can shoot laser beams out of my eyes? No, no laser I, I think it's the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Because the second one would be like a superpower, which is different. It has to be something real. Yeah. But you can still be the best at Mm, something. Yeah. Hmm. I wish I was really good at like computer stuff so I could like automate my job and then I could do all my work in like an hour a day and just pretend like I was working like an office space. That's That's really my dream. Yeah. Um... I don't know. This is a hard one. Yeah. I feel like it is hard because even if you're like yeah. really, really good at something, like there's always the story. Like that's why American Idol exists. Like you can be the best, but if you don't have the means or like no one's going to discover you or help you, you could still be in the same position. So it's like, do you want an ability just for the joy of having it or do you want yeah. it to like improve your life in some way? I think I would say I would want to have the ability that whenever I cook things they turn out perfectly and delicious and just how i want them because like that always happens been... what I that, always, like that happens. always happens you're a good cook thank no? you matt I've, I've had some fails lately oh. so i think that's why i'm mm. saying that so david kindly we had a bunch of cabbage from our csa and i didn't know what to do with it. i was going to make this salad but then the cabbage got kind of like gross so i was like i'll just bake the cabbage and make it was coleslaw. a recipe but it was like it needed to be cooked. You know, like when vegetables get to that point where like they need to be cooked. That's when I throw them away. <laughs> That's wasteful. You're talking about cabbage. Do you guys live in like an orphanage? What's happening? Well, this was orphanage food. So I found this recipe for this. Boiled potatoes cabbage. and cabbage. It's the potato I- famine of 2018. <laughs> I didn't follow the recipe. It was so gross. And I took one bite and I threw it all away. And David ate a whole <laughs> serving of it. Oh because God. he's a good man. That's it was a... terrible, but I ate it. <laughs> it tasted like dirt. Oh um, <laughs> you should have put like a seasoning, a, a sauce maybe. It did have fennel, it had butter, it had salt and oh pepper. Oh my god, it must have been really <laughs> terrible. <laughs> it was really bad. And bacon, I mean, come on, if oh bacon can Wow. Um, right. How about you? Professional race car driver. Mm. Oh! Yeah. But see, I... that, I'm going to call, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call shenanigans on that. The... Ability. I don't care if I have the real job. Yeah. Just the ability. But see, this is where my ignorance comes in because is race car driving like I know it's a skill, but I'm like could I do it? No. You know what I mean? Sometimes I'm one of those people where I watch <laughs> the Olympics and I'm like, could I do this? Because they make it look so easy but I'm like driving a car, you literally just steer and press the gas pedal. So how hard could it really be? I mean, I think anybody can be professionally taught to do it, but it's one of those things where, you know, everybody's got certain abilities when it comes to reaction time and, and critical thinking and, and, you know, split second decisions and that kind of stuff. Um, so if you're really, going around you know, a track, it's just left turns, right? Like how many? I don't know. I don't understand. NASCAR, though, but actual tracks is, is more oh, than that. NASCAR I, drivers. I mean, they, you know, they're they're doing they're taking in a lot of information very quickly. And making decisions. So I didn't it's... even know that there was anything besides NASCAR. 
I didn't either. So I've learned many things about cars since David and I have been together. That's very exciting. You should come to Detroit and we can go to the Dream Cruise. Oh, I'm, I actually I have a. She's a he has Michigan. an important question for you. He's going to Michigan. <gasps> Are you going to your on a work trip? Yeah, it's going to be on a work trip, but oh. it's like in the middle of Michigan in Marshall. So I don't know if there's anything like in the middle, middle, like here. Ish. Yes, it's like oh. right next to Battle Creek. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know so much about that area. Um, there, I think Battle Creek is near the Kellogg factory. If you want to go on a tour of the cereal factory, <laughs> potentially. That's the only thing I know. I think that's in Battle Creek. Mm. Or you could drive. You're only a couple hours from like the either like the west coast probably so you could go lake michigan is really cool they have like sandy beaches and stuff mm. david being from california i have a feeling will scorn our great lakes beaches i mean they probably don't compare to california beaches no they're but they're not salty that's one thing i mean yeah. i guess if you're used to it but i kind of like the fresh water because you don't feel like weird you know oh i love it i i and i have swum like yeah. in cleveland so and there's not like fish and like seaweeds and stuff um yeah no i mean it's definitely like a a different thing but it's a it looks like the ocean like looking at it you can't tell the difference to me but definitely Mm -hmm. the feel is different um but yeah no uh, i can't say i've spent a lot of time in battle creek so uh he has decided he wants because of my shellfish allergy is going to take this vacation as an opportunity to eat much shell- shellfish but sadly he's going to Michigan. Oh. And it's not vacation. Yeah, shellfish there's not a lot but there's definitely like you know freshwater fish, salmon, whitefish, all that kind of stuff is really good. Do they have they, crawfish? They there? do have crawfish. They're oh, not so- as big as the ones down south but they do have them. I have caught them. Myself with my bare hands as a child. I've also done that as a child. I think the medium-sized ones are better anyways. Oh. If, you, if you talk to someone from Louisiana, when they do crawfish boils, they don't want the large ones. Large ones don't taste as good. Oh, see? There you go. We have bass. Bass are good. Um, all right. Maddie, I'm very concerned that you are up past your bedtime. No, that's fine. Corey might have died. I haven't heard from him outside. Do you guys hear Benson grumbling? She's been she good this talk- episode. She was pretty. She got a little feisty at one point, yeah. and now she's annoyed because we're talking too loudly and she's trying to sleep. Wow, I'm sorry, Miss Benson. Well, um, this has been delightful. Thank you, delightful. David, for joining as a surprise guest and yeah. for always keeping us on track. Yeah, number one fan. Uh, thank you, campers. Uh, welcome back to Camp Adulthood and. We are excited to bring you more awesome content that you should pay for on our Patreon. Yes. And if you don't happen to live with Shay and you want to give us feedback, you can email us at hello at campadulthood.com as well. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Bye, campers. Thanks for listening. Camp Adulthood is hosted by Maddie Yergi, resident youth, and Shay Keats, Camp Adulthood. We are produced by Jenny Mayfield. And this episode was recorded in Maddie's living room. You can find us on social media at camp underscore adulthood. You can email us hello at campadulthood.com and you can visit us at campadulthood.com. Please also find on our website, there are links to our Patreon page where you can be a subscriber and there are many cool prizes. Thanks campers.
We hope that you enjoy your stay at camp. Adulthood.